Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never, ever give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, my brothers and sisters. I have four verses of scripture staring me right in the face. They are found in the book of Matthew chapter 16. These four verses of scripture, in my humble, low opinion, are the most challenging, rewarding, frightening, sobering verses I have read in a long time. They snatch us out of any self-delusion that we have as followers of Jesus Christ, that we can still be part of this Babylonian, satanic, lustful, sinful, disgusting world and still be Christ's disciple. Christ Jesus was very succinct that discipleship is costly It will cost you everything to follow him. And if you think being his disciple, his follower, is going to be a cakewalk, a skate in the park, then you have been deceived. I know those charismatic preachers love to have you jumping up and down, shouting in your seat, falling out in the aisles, got many of you running around the sanctuary like you're on fire about the blessings of Abraham that is about to rain down on your head just because you gave a first fruit offering. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. This is no joke. This is not a game. This is as serious as it gets. Christ Jesus is on his way back. 
and he's going to give, like he says in his word, to every last single person according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Look, listen, we must keep these bodies under subjection. So, what we talking about today, well, we talking about, are you worthy for the kingdom? Are you living for eternity? Are you persistent in doing good as commanded? The hour is drawing to a close, beloved. And if we think we can sit around and play all of these church games being carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine, by the, by the cunning and trickery of unscrupulous men by the deceitful scheming of people ready to do anything for personal profit. These are they that Jude spoke about when he said, certain people have crept in unnoticed just as if They were sneaking in by a side door. They are ungodly persons whose condemnation was predicted long ago for they distort the grace of our God into decadence and immoral freedom, viewing it as an opportunity to do whatever they want and deny and disown our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Beloved, these ungodly ones are false teachers and false brethren who are nothing more than seducing spirits, who teach as doctrine the traditions and commandments of men who make the word of God of none effect, just making a mockery of the cross by preaching another gospel. Then like I was asking, If we think we can sit around and play all of these church games, then you and I will be in for a rude awakening. But then it'll be too late. So let me read to you those four verses out of Matthew 16 to wrap our heads around this important self-evaluation. Are you worthy of the kingdom? Are you fit for the kingdom? How do you know you will inherit the kingdom of God? Are you sure that Jesus Christ will say to you, well done, 
my good and faithful servant. See, beloved, see why we must evaluate where we are with the Father. We can't, we can't just think that some sinner's prayer 20 years ago, 15 years ago, six months ago, will be good enough for us to inherit the kingdom of God. No amount of shaking some some pastor's hand and he welcomes you into the family will guarantee any one of us to be worthy. Thank you, Holy Spirit. To be worthy to stand before Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. So, before I give you those four sobering and frightening verses, let us be reminded of what Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, told us to do to be found worthy. Because, beloved, some (coughs) terrible dark times are headed our way so just hang tight i'm gonna give you those verses out of matthew 16 but we must first come over here to luke 21 verses 33 to 36 listen jesus was saying to his disciples, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away, but be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down and depressed with the getting, the, if I can get it out, giddiness of debauchery and the and the nausea of self-indulgence and the worldly worries of life and then that day when the messiah returns will not come on you suddenly like a trap for it will come upon all those who live on the face of all the earth but keep alert at all times be attentive and ready praying that you may have the strength and the ability to be found worthy and to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man at His coming. Amen. Beloved, Christ Jesus is telling us to pray. To pray that we be found worthy to escape all those things that are headed our way Because those things he spoke about will take place. We are looking down the barrel of the end times. 
He told us to pray to be found worthy of two things. One, to escape all that's coming and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man at his coming. So, you know what that tells us? It is not a done deal like we have been led to believe. Talking about once you are saved, you are always saved. Oh, you have eternal security. All you got to do is believe. Well, then how? <clears throat> Here we go again. I'm, tr- I'm trying not to go on a rant. But why did the risen king just finish telling us that we must pray to be found worthy to escape all that's coming and to be able to stand in his presence if it was just a done deal? See, beloved, see why we must Allow Holy Spirit to teach us what Christ has taught because these charlatans and wolves in sheep's clothing are not teaching what Christ has taught. Not if they are talking about someone once saved, you always saved. Says who? Them? Okay. Well, we we ain't falling for that madness, not anymore, because we do know to whom Christ Jesus says he will give eternal life to, and it will not be to any worker of iniquity. No, it will not. This is why All of us must examine where we are in the faith. This is so not the hour to be slipping, to be, you know, just sliding back into the world bit by bit. No, beloved, if for anything else, we must stand firm until the end enduring whatever may come that's the mindset striving daily to do good in the sight of God so anybody who thinks that I am teaching and preaching a work-based salvation you see I'm not talking to you No, I'm not talking to you because you are trying to find loopholes to be able to keep on smoking the weed, to to keep on watching the porn, to keep on smoking them cigarettes and lying and stealing and committing fornication. If you are in Christ, we are commanded to be obedient children of God. That's it. So, 
Here we go. Matthew 16. I love Matthew 16 in particular because of verse 26. Because see, verse 26 always gives me a reason to pause and just take a look at the state of affairs where humanity sits in rebellion to God. And not that long ago, all of us was right there. And every time I read verse 26 in particular, it almost like it brings a tear to my heart because you see now it, it seems so so simple all you have to do is just turn from sin don't even look at it as if as it is something that is so much fun to be had knowing that our lives are nothing but a vapor we are here and then we are not. And then we step into eternity as what? A liar, a fornicator, an adulterer, a murderer, a thief, a gossip, a heretic. And lift our eyes in hell. No. You see, beloved, I don't know about you all, but every time I hear about someone of the world, let's say a celebrity, a musician, a writer, actor, anyone that had world acclaim, you know what the first thing that comes to my mind? This verse right here. So, let us begin in verse 24, because Jesus was saying to his disciples in a nutshell that discipleship is costly. Listen to these four verses. Matthew 16, starting in verse 24 to 27. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must, see, he's given us a commandment. It is not, beloved, it is not optional to be holy. It's not, it is a direct command from our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living 
And that's the part right there, beloved, that many of us get ourselves tripped up. Talking about, ain't nobody perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. We all sin. You mean to tell me you don't sin? We all sin. Uh-huh. I bet we do. Listen. Jesus is saying to be his disciple, his follower, his student, his disciplined one. He says to follow him is all about conforming to his example in living. And he and he is not going he, he is so not going to debate with you about whether or not it's doable because he sent Holy Spirit. So we we are so without an excuse. Talking about we all sin. Yeah, but guess what? We strive to do what is good on a consistent basis. Because see, that mentality, we all sin, that sounds like you are still a slave to sin. A complete slave. If, if you don't think what Christ has done for us at the cross was sufficient, that he took care of, of Satan and sin and death on our behalf. And you mean to tell me all you got to say is we all sin? We're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to be deliberately, habitually, blatantly continuing to practice those things that the Lord says you keep it up, you're gonna perish. Study Galatians chapter 5, study 1 Corinthians 6 9 through let's say 11. If you want to push it to 12, then push it to 12. Study Colossians chapter 3, study what is this? Romans, all of Romans chapter 6. Study Isaiah 59, 2. Study Galatians 6, 7 to 8. And we better, we better know Acts 17, 30 to 31. Let's read that and then we're going to finish over here in Matthew 16. Beloved, I keep telling you all, this is not my rodeo. Holy Spirit wants us to know these scriptures. Listen, Acts 17, hold on. Oh, beloved, I... I apologize. I thought I had y'all on pause. Oh, I so apologize for that. Here we go. Acts 17. Oh, I thought I hit pause. I'm so sorry. 
So listen, Acts 17, let us come down to verse 30. Therefore, God overlooked and disregarded the former ages of ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. That is, to change their old way of thinking, to regret their past sins, and to seek God's purpose for their lives. Why, beloved? Why is holy God commanding all people everywhere to repent? You want to know why? Verse 31, because... He has set a day when he will judge the inhabited world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed and destined for that task. And he has provided credible proof to everyone by raising him from the dead. Amen. So we know that to be the Lord Jesus Christ. So beloved, this is why we must, as children of God, filled with his Holy Spirit, having been born anew, we must live repentant lives, lives that are, are evident of what we believe if we believe jesus christ is our lord and savior well we are commanded how he says it back over here in matthew uh, 16 where he says up here in verse 24 and follow me believing in me conforming to my example in living and if need be suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me amen verse 25 matthew 16 for whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death but Whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. Amen. See, beloved, Christ Jesus is actually making it clear for us to, to spend eternity with him he's given us the recipe if you will i don't want to say like a formula but he's telling us what the criteria of a disciplined one a follower of his one who has denied himself picked up their cross and follow him living as he lived, living by his example, and how we can find out how he lived. Now, we all know he was obedient to the Father, even to death. 
death on a cross. He was the only sinless person that walked in the flesh. Although he was tempted as we are, but he sinned not. Our goal is to be persistent in doing good. No one is talking about sinless perfection. We all fall short of the glory of God. But guess what, beloved? Our lives must not be the sum total of wickedness. If we do miss the mark, we do have an advocate in heaven that if we confess the sin, agree with God, this action we took was ungodly. And we go to God in sincere repentance, not looking to to receive forgiveness only to turn around and keep on doing it over and over and over and over again. No. But he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And then going forward, we sin not. So, Lord Jesus, over here, He would just finish telling us in verse 25, but whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all of eternity. He's telling us you cannot still be part of this world and expect to be with him in eternity. The New Testament is rife with scripture, doctrine about not being a part of this world. This is, oh, Holy Spirit, I love you for this. This is why sanctification is so key. This is the process in which the world gets gutted out of us. This is where we this is where we get to know the father better and better and when that happens guess what happens we sin less and less It's not like we are laying in bed plotting trying to figure out how much evil we can get ourselves involved in and then we wake up in the morning and we execute that all the while claiming Jesus is Lord, Lord. And this is why many are going to be shell-shocked on the day of judgment. Oh, Father, let that not be counted among your children. May we remain faithful to Jesus. Live honest, clean, guileless lives before you. Oh, help us this day, Father. Because verse 26, so again, the Lord is telling us what is needed to be done in order to spend eternity with us. 
He's saying whoever loses his life in this world for his sake will find it. That is life with me for all of eternity. Because here we go with verse 26. Verse 26 for me, it just keeps me grounded. It keeps me looking at the world like, nah, you ain't got nothing that I need more than Jesus Christ. And this, beloved, hear me, please. This must be our mindset that although we are in this world, this world cannot be in us. Because verse 26, Jesus says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, wealth, fame, success, but forfeits his soul? You mean telling me that one is willing to give up life with Jesus for eternity for what? A piece of money? recognition, fame, to be a superstar, really? Will it be worth it? The answer is a big fat no. No, it won't. Because listen, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Wealth, fame, success, but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? <sighs> and many have gave have given a lot for their soul. Listen, verse 27. For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory and majesty of his Father with his angels and then he will repay each one in accordance with what he has done amen thank you holy spirit beloved this reminds me second thessalonians 1 8 through 9 because the tail end of verse 7 is saying when christ returns with his angels guess how they are coming well he's telling us over here in matthew 16 2 for the son of man is going to come in the glory and majesty of of his father with his angels and then and then judgment he will repay each one according in accordance with what he has done that's exactly what 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9 is saying in flaming fire. Taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel. That means to obey not the gospel. That means when you heard the gospel, you said no. You said I don't need Jesus. <clears throat> I'm a good person. When you heard that the wages of sin is death, 
but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, you still said no. You actually told God, I don't need your salvation. I can do this on my own. Okay. Okay. Well, in flaming fire, nonetheless, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Amen. So that's the reward one can expect from Jesus Christ when he returns, when you say no to the gospel. You have not repented. You have not come to him so that through his shed blood, you may receive forgiveness of your past sins and you said no. And worse yet, you said yes to the gospel, but because you didn't allow Holy Spirit to sanctify you and teach you everything that Christ taught his disciples, you chose to sit up under unscrupulous men and women who, who did everything in their pseudo-authority for profit. They sold you their books. I don't know if they're still making DVDs and CDs, but you sat up under their docu-series, their concerts, benefit concerts, read all of their books, downloaded all of their teachings, and they were as wrong as a three-legged man. But you chose to adhere to false doctrine rather than what Christ said for us to do in order to, to be his disciple. What did you give up? What did you exchange for your soul? Was it so that you can stay in that adulterous remarriage when you have a living covenant spouse and you chose to divorce them? And then you remarried, believing you deserve another bite at the apple. Why? Because everybody else in the world is doing it. Christ wants me to be happy. No, he wants you to repent. Because a day is coming when he will judge the inhabited world in righteousness. So... Did you pick up your cross and deny yourself or or did you stay with Jamie or 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 did you stay with with Bob knowing that you all have living spouses My hand is raised I already got the teaching behind this and glory be to God just in the nick of time This is why Holy Spirit has me 
go over and over and over the same type of topics. I don't know if if you are just now tuning in or you've been with me from day one. I keep telling you all, I only have one message. One message. That Holy Spirit turned it into almost 700 episodes, but it carries one theme. Christ Jesus is on his way back and he told me to tell the people they must repent, repent, repent. Because when he does return, he will have his reward with him and he will give to every single person according to what they have done throughout their time on the earth whether it be good or bad and the father told me to bring his lights to him these are his wayward children that have been drenched in religion and rebellion they need to come home just like the prodigal son these wayward ones these rebellious ones who believe that they and the father are still good to go although they are living in sin they go to bed in sin they wake up in sin they go to bed in sin they wake up in sin and these are the ones who say oh i know i'm going to heaven no you're not not if you die in adultery, you're not. Not if you die in prostitution, you're not. Not, not if you die in extortion, you're not. Neither the slanderer, the liar, the whoremonger, the harlot, the drunkard, the gossip. No you are not you are deceived the bible is clear we must live changed and pure lives without holiness no one will see the lord and he means that so my brothers and sisters do you know what time it is it is self-evaluation time we got to look over our lives to see are we in fact worthy of the kingdom and before you even think about saying it the answer is no no, we don't do anything to earn our justification. Now that we are being saved, we are being sanctified and made holy and pleasing unto our Lord God and Savior. Holy Spirit makes us to be worthy of the kingdom. And you're not going to be worthy of the kingdom if you are grieving Holy Spirit. He is sending messenger after messenger, prophet after prophet to tell you that's sin. 
and that if you don't repent and if you don't come out of it you will not inherit god's kingdom you're not fit for the kingdom you still got your eyes on the world what did jesus say about putting your hand to the plow and then looking back and longing at the world just like lot's wife here we are over here luke 9 i want to start in verse 60 and take it to verse 62 but he said to him allow the spiritually dead to bury their own dead but as for you go and spread the news about the kingdom of god another also said i will follow you lord as your disciple but first let me say goodbye to those at my home but jesus said to him no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back to the things left behind is fit for the kingdom amen christ is like it is me or nothing i love that thank you holy spirit i absolutely love that stance and you know what i totally agree with him because he done already told us and what is that matthew 6 24 you cannot serve two masters let's let's come on over there because we got to get this in us we got to get it in us just so we are clear about why he says what he says to us because listen yes yes holy spirit for for people who keep on complaining about how it's impossible to live life in these fleshly bodies without sinning daily their problem is that they have not spent time around jesus in his word he's telling us what the problem with you is this is why you won't stop sinning it's not that it's not that you can't stop sinning it it is because you won't stop sinning you don't want to stop sinning and so when you hear holy and righteous teachings about how we must live clean and holy you say well that's impossible it's impossible for the one who do not want to stop sinning the lord is telling us in the gospels what the problem is you can't serve two masters matthew 6 24 no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot you can't serve god and mammon which is what the god of money possessions fame status or whatever is valued 
more than the Lord. Amen. And just like Paul was telling us over here in 1 Corinthians 10, 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Amen. Ephesians 5, 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Amen. Ephesians 4, 27, give no opportunity to the devil. Amen. See, the Lord is telling us what the problem Look at all of these doors are being open to evil. It's no wonder you can't stop sinning. Look at all you are doing against sound doctrine. 1 Peter 5.8 gives us clarity. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Amen. Uh-huh. And he found you. He found you because you refuse to stop watching the porn. You refuse to stop masturbating. You refuse to stop lying about stuff you don't even have to lie about. You keep idolizing those in the world who, who, mm, whether whether or not they they have a class or they have some online um, seminar, some motivational mumble jumbo some new age stuff you can't get enough of that but but when you hear about Christ saying deny that flesh come follow him you can't love no one else more than you love him you can't love this world and the father at the same time now you got a problem and the first thing that comes out of that mouth of yours it's impossible to stop sinning because if you say you don't sin, you a liar. No, the liar is the one who claims they know God, but they don't obey God. That's the liar. So let us not get this twisted, beloved. Christ Jesus paid a steep price so that the wrath of God that is deservingly headed our way, but he stood in the gap and suffered a horrific, bloody, brutal, violent death on our behalf. So we don't face the wrath of God. So we don't die in our sins and go straight to a burning hell only, only to await the final judgment to be resurrected out of hell and stand before Jesus Christ 
only to hear your name has not been found written in the Lamb's book of life and you and I will be thrown into the lake of fire where the smoke of your torment will rise day and night and there shall be no relief for you. And if you get bored there, oh, you got company. The devil will be thrown in the lake of fire along joining the Antichrist and the false prophet and all of the unrepented who refused the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you want that in your future? So again, the Holy Spirit is asking, are you worthy of the kingdom? Romans, Romans 13, 12. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on and put on the armor of light. Amen. See? The Lord is telling us through his word that if we live <clears throat> if we live in direct opposition to these scriptures just just these alone cuz there are a plethora of verses that tells us the same thing in a nutshell live clean live holy otherwise you're gonna perish james 4 7 submit mm -mm -mm. submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil and he will flee from you. Are you resisting the devil? Are you submitting yourselves to God? Have you surrendered completely your life to God? Because if so, nothing about, oh, it's impossible to stop sinning will ever come out of your mouth. Because when we are tempted, what do we do? Well, I might as well just, you know, give in because, you know, we, we, we still living in these flesh bodies and, and no one is perfect, only Jesus. Well, I thought you said you were in Christ. I am. I'm not, I'm not doing this with you today. I'm not, no. Not when we have scripture staring us in the face about what to do when we are tempted. And these temptations, I've come to find out, will be less and less when we don't give opportunity to the devil, when we don't make provision for the flesh. Now, you know. That old girl, every time you even just hear her voice, all you want to do is 
go over there and see her. And we all know what happens next. So why even keep speaking with her? Why is her number still in your phone? Why do you make it a point and going three blocks over just to see her at her job, just so that when you get to work, you can have all of these fantasies just running through your mind about those times? Beloved, all you got to do is take another route. Yeah, but it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's quicker to go down Main Street. Because, see, if I go down Peach Tree Street, that's going to put me off on, on I-95. And then I can't get around. So it's quicker to go down Main Street. You You better stop playing. We all know why you prefer to go down Main Street. Because Sheila, Sheila is working at the 5 and 10 over there. And you know she be outside on a smoke break by the time here you come rolling around. Uh-uh. Don't do it. Take the long way. If you got to go past two interstates and get up an hour earlier just so you don't be late for work. Do that rather than going down Main Street, stopping by the 5 and 10, Sheila outside on the smoke break. Uh-huh, looking just as fine as she want to be because she knows what time here you come rolling around and she coordinates that cigarette break just to meet you. Don't do it. I'm telling you. You're making, no, you're giving the devil an opportunity to be tempted. And then when you give in, here you go with the lame excuse. We all sin. Don't you sin? We ain't looking to go down Main Street, my brother. That's the difference. No one is saying, well, I'm better than you. No, what we saying is that we get up an hour earlier, we take two interstates to get to work, we know by doing that, that puts us 45 minutes off the beaten trail, we would rather do that than end up with Sheila in a burning hell, that's the difference. We, we don't give the devil an opportunity to accuse us day and night before the Father. We're we not doing that. Not anymore, we're not. So, that's why we are commanded. We are commanded to not grieve Holy Spirit. We walk after the spirit and therefore we do not gratify the flesh that's the difference we know from paul who said in galatians that if we sow to the spirit from the spirit we shall reap eternal life 
But if we sow to the flesh, we will reap eternal destruction. What is that? Galatians 6, 7 through 8. Do not be deceived. God won't be mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Amen. So, beloved, that should be a no-brainer. Do you want eternal life? Or do you want to spend eternity tormenting, weeping, and gnashing of the teeth in that lake of fire? Because Paul's whole thrust in life was to conduct himself in a manner worthy of the gospel. He says over here in Philippians 1, 20 to 21, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ. As I have been in the past, and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Beloved, can you honestly say today, today that you are living for Christ because you see Paul had the right mindset this is the mindset of one whose eyes heart soul and mind is on eternity and in the meantime in between time on the earth his mind, heart, and soul is still on Christ Jesus. Listen, Paul is not God. He was flesh and bone and blood just like the rest of us. He ain't never taught. And mind you, he met Jesus face to face. He ain't never talked, nor did he even implied anything about a once saved, I'm always saved. He was greatly concerned that if he don't keep his body under subjection, if he don't allow himself to become a slave to sin again, he understood clearly what the ramifications of turning his back on Jesus was that lake of fire and he's telling us over here in Philippians 1 20 to 21 let's read it again for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed but that I will continue to be bold 
for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ. Amen. Because see, beloved, living for some of you all is living for the flesh. Living for these adulterous uh, spouses. Living for getting that paycheck so that you can meet up with the weed man after work. Some of us are out here living for self. Living the high life. Living your best Gucci, Chanel, Prada, Tesla, Fendi life now. As you listen to all of these wolves in sheep's clothing grinning in your face, not even preaching on sin, not even preaching on repentance, nothing that they preach makes convicts you about the sin you are living in. All they tell you is some motivational new age mess about how God wants you to be blessed and healthy and just be so joyful in your sin. Uh Uh-uh, beloved. Nope. In closing. Because you see, Paul, Paul, he pleaded with, he encouraged, he urged the Thessalonians to live their lives in a way that God would consider worthy. That's 1 Thessalonians 2.12. We are encouraged, urged, plead with to live lives in a way that God, not your bishop, not your best dressed preacher man, not your girlfriend, not your homeboy, not your mother, not your father, not even your spouse. We are to live in a way that God would consider worthy. Amen. I'm going to leave you all with Colossians 1.10. Because see, this verse right here is the drumbeat of the apostle's heart. He continues in his prayer for the Colossians to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. Amen. Oh, beloved, the best news a human soul can ever hear 
who is lost and dying in their sins is the good news of Jesus Christ. They must hear the gospel. The word gospel literally means good news. Some say it occurs 93 times in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, actually exclusively in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. The gospel is the good news concerning Christ and the way of salvation. Now that we have come to Christ, how do you think he wants us to live? Do you honestly think that he wants us to continue to die in our sins? That don't bring glory to the Father when we bear bad fruit. No, it doesn't. And for anyone to even teach that obedience is not necessary, that you don't have to repent. Beloved, listen, I'm going to let y'all go, but I, I got to tell you this. I was watching, okay, because, you know, sometimes the Lord be having me watch certain things just so I can see what's really going on in these churches so I can come back here on the podcast to let you all know the madness is continuing. You got ministers who claim they are in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1. Okay, calm down. We, we know Romans 8.1. But this minister confessed that he still sinned. Now, I don't know for sure, for sure, if he was saying that, well, you know, we all sin. Or, or if, in fact, he is living in some some sin but guess what see folks i don't be making this stuff up these are out of the very mouths of these false he said he was a minister he said we don't have to repent and i was like what so you you now mind you i'm talking to the TV, I'm like, excuse me, sir. We don't have to what? We don't we don't have to repent. We don't have to repent because Romans 8 1. What does Romans 8 1 say? There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And see, this is where the minister stopped. This is where he stopped. And this is where this is where many stop. Who claim that they don't have to repent. They can live a life of sin because there is no condemnation. Well, again, do you think? 
because there is no condemnation that we can still live in sin. We don't have to confess sin. We can live however we want. And I'm quite sure this is what he teach his congregation. Gots to be. There's a condition about not being condemned. There's a requirement. What? It ain't, ain't no requirement. See, see, you don't have faith in Christ where he did at the cross. Slow down. Slow your roll. Let's get back over here to this Romans 8. <laughs> Romans 8, 1. Okay. Those who live by one saved, always saved. This is maybe just one of the leading proof texts they have. But there's a comma here. It's not a period. There is therefore now no condemnation. Well, hallelujah. Glory be to God. To them which are in Christ Jesus, comma, comma, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. If so facto, if you are walking after the flesh and not after the spirit, well, then you are condemned. And it won't matter you screaming, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. Lord, Lord. Well, if you keep that up, and if you don't repent, and if you don't stop sinning, you're gonna hear, depart from me. I don't know you. You worker of iniquity. That's what you are going to hear if you don't wake up. All of this, Romans 8, Romans 8, will glory be to God. There is now no condemnation. Oh, beloved. Galatians 6, 7 to 8 is so clear. It is true. Yes, Holy Spirit. Thank you. It is truly clear to those who truly love Jesus. I love Jesus. So what you're talking about, what I don't love Jesus, Jesus says the one who really loves him, keep his commandments. They keep them. So when he says you can't serve two masters, we don't. When he says to pick up your cross and deny yourselves and follow him, well, we do that. When he says, if you divorce and remarry, when you have a living spouse, you commit adultery, well, we come out of that adulterous, ungodly, unauthorized union. And if there be no reconciliation with our covenant spouse, that's the first one. The first one you stood before God and people and pledged a vow to death. Do you part? That's what it is. Death. 
And if there be no reconciliation, Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 7, 11, you must remain unmarried. If you separate, fine. Don't remarry. If you divorce, you can't, you can't, you can't remarry. For if you do, you commit adultery. That's what Jesus says. It's not what I say. It's not what the brother say. It's not what the sister say. It is what holy God says. Just like he says, no homosexual will inherit his kingdom. No fornicator, no effeminate male, no idolator, no drunkard, no thief, no slanderer, no swindler, no murderer, no liar. Anyone that causes division, nope. They will not inherit his kingdom. So I'm going to leave you with the question. Are you worthy this is something we all must look over our lives are we really worthy and this is where personal time with the lord must come into play but guess what beloved you can't be living in sin and trying to have a real meaningful conversation with holy spirit Heaven is not hearing nothing from the one who is in blatant rebellion. You're not going to hear from God. You're not going to have prayers answered. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be in a, in a mess. Some of you are not even sure if you are going to make it and you go to church every week. You you pay your tithes and your offerings and you still deep down in your heart don't even know for sure. Oh, beloved, that gotta be painful. You must know that you know that you know that when you get called out of this body suit, that you won't end up in a burning hell. You listen to me. No, not me. Listen to Holy Spirit. You you better figure this out before you put head to pillow tonight. You must go to God in sincere sincerity of the heart. And if you are doing anything and you know exactly what you are doing, you go to God and repent. Confess it. Yeah, that that's what that false minister was talking about with his with his Romans 8 1. That because of Romans 8 1, we don't have to repent because apparently we got this blanket free for all called grace. No longer are we condemned. No longer are we condemned. Okay, cool. But are you still walking after the flesh? Because the scripture says, fine, you're not condemned. But for those who walk not after the flesh, that's the one who, come on, stop it. Stop it. 
It is a blessing we have God's grace. It is a blessing that we do have Romans 8.1. But you got to read after the comma. Now, I know there is much controversy about different translations. The King James has this, who walk not after the flesh. NIV don't have it. NLT don't have it. And many other translations don't have it. And I know, I know all about the controversies. Some swear by the King James. That's all that they read. Okay. I'm not, me personally, I do respect the King James. I do respect the Amplified. And um, what is that? The other one, the American Standard. But bottom line, rather than get ourselves all wrapped around, I only read the King James. Well, I only read the Amplified. Well, I only read the NIV. And I only read this and I only read that. The bottom line, are we doing the word? Are we doing the word? And as we study, we may go from one translation to another cross-reference and some we just stay away from. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, the fish that truly needs to be fried is have you put away all sin? Are you living a life worthy of the kingdom? Are you living lives that are worthy so that Jesus will say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's how we should live. That's the mindset Paul had. He was going to beat that body, that flesh ain't going to get the best of him. He will not be a castaway. So, if one saved, always saved was the true doctrine, why was Paul so greatly concerned about him who, as some say, taught to, um, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who met Jesus face to face? He didn't say it was him, but we can surmise it was him when he told the story about a man caught up to the third heaven. Maybe this is why he was given a thorn in his side because of the things he heard in heaven. It cannot be repeated. So maybe that was a buffer. I don't know. All I know is what I know from the Lord. He's on his way back. And we must repent, turn from our, our evil, wicked ways, and turn back to God. That's it. And if we do the opposite of that, we're going to perish. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, hallowed be thy holy and righteous name. Oh, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that 
the light has come into the world. And sadly, Father, people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. John 3, 20 says, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Oh, Father, we must stay sober-minded. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your forbearance. Thank you that you could have just destroyed us after the flood and that would have been the end of it all. But because you have a plan of salvation, that sinners can be restored back to a right relationship with you. But we must come to Christ in repentance to receive forgiveness of our sins and be willing to walk in obedience enduring all that comes our way unto death. Now, if Jesus Christ returns before then, may we, it is my prayer, Father, I pray that we be found worthy, worthy to stand before the Son of Man, to hear him announce, confess, our names before you and your angels. Oh, Father, your commands are not burdensome. They are not. We who love Jesus, we are not looking to get around being clean and holy. Teach us, discipline us. We rather be chastened now than to endure weeping and gnashing of teeth oh father have mercy on your people give us strength more grace to endure living in these bodies that are still prone to sin may we with tenacity strive to enter the narrow door so that when Christ returns, we shall have eternal life. Having lived a faithful, obedient life unto Christ Jesus. Thank you for loving us, Father, that you gave the world a Savior. May all men everywhere come to repentance. Today is the day of salvation. May those who hear the gospel harden not their hearts, but say, yes, Lord, save me. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. All right, beloved, repent 
and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought to and stop sinning. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Praise the living God. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.